now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. The Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror! <laughs> well, here we are, sleepyheads. We're at the end of the line. Freddy's dead, so that means no more Freddy movies. It's the final nightmare, so we've come to the end of the line. Nope, not going to be any more Freddy Krueger movies from now on. This is it. This is all that anybody could take. This is all they made. They said it was over, and you know, when they say it's over, it's over. It's over. Forever. And ever, 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 and ever. Hello, and welcome to the Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror. I'm Chris Honeywell, and I am here with the rest of my cohorts, the usual cohorts. And we'll start with the with the brother team. We've got Luke Giaconetti. You're fat Kodo, man. <laughs> and Jason Giaconetti. Come through this, bitch. And we've got the other Chris, Chris Tyler. Check out this knife. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we are doing the legendary, the 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 golden nugget on the on oh, the, the crown already. of the Nightmare on Elm Street films. Nightmare on Elm Street six, is it? Oh it's six. Well no, yep. it's Freddy yeah, well they don't call it Nightmare Six, it's Freddy's Dead. It's the final nightmare. The it's, final it's actually, <laughs> oh, yes. nightmare. Well, we've got two more three more movies after that. <laughs> yeah. Well yes, but the thing is they never it never actually was called Nightmare on Elm Street Six, Freddy's Dead or anything like that. It's actually called Freddy's Dead The Final Nightmare. Uh, it's just like when, you, when we, did the, well, we talked about... Um, but the Dream Child doesn't actually call it Nightmare on Elm Street 5. So, you know, one is. more way, that new line was ahead of the curve in that you don't put the name, that you, you just title your movie and give it a, a subtitle. You don't give it a number. You know? Once That's you what you do with the sequels once nowadays. You get past trilogy, it all start. It, it, especially back in those days, once you got past two or three and you started putting numbers on them, it started taking your credibility away, I think. <laughs> just well, I'm just up. saying, you know, now now I literally just had a discussion today with uh, with one of my wife's friends, and she was saying that she went and saw the new Pirates of the Caribbean. And I said, oh, does it address the fourth one? And she's like, I thought this. She said, I thought this was the fourth one. <laughs> and I said, no, there was one with, with without Orlando Bloom or Kira Knightley where they went down the Fountain of Youth. He's like, I don't remember that one. I'm like, yeah, nobody does. Yeah. But it's since you don't knows. have a number on it, you know. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't remember that one either. Holy crap. Yeah, it's, it, come on, guys. It's That's why we got a fifth one. I think, the, or, the, uh, or no, it's called On Stranger Tides, I think, was the well, fourth one. I, was I don't having, know if I've ever seen that. It's funny. I've seen that, maybe what? I was having a discussion online with somebody who is griping about how all the movies are big, crappy blockbusters these days. And I was just like, you know, there, there's always been crap movies. Hollywood's been a crap factory since the beginning. And yeah. like, and the, the 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 ones like the fourth Pirates of the Caribbean movie, you know, you just you just think there's less crap from the past because all the crap the most of the crap from the past is forgotten because it was crap. Yeah. So like 30 years from now, this yeah, is new crap. They'll be like, oh my god, they're you know they'll have forgotten all. But what three two years later they've forgotten about Pirates of the Caribbean four. Yep. The fount the Fountain of Youth or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, at yeah, on Stranger Tides, I think it was called, but because it did have Orlando Bloom and Keira Knightley, so it didn't count, you well, know. But it had Captain Jack Sparrow. It's like, it's like, what's the name? It was Mike, but he doesn't count. Doesn't count. <laughs> count. <laughs> but anyway, count. we're here actually to talk about Freddy's Dead, um, Nightmare on Elm Street, the final nightmare. The final. Um, so, so final. yeah, this is uh. This is a bit of an odd movie. Yeah, you can yeah. say that again. It starts off, and I thought I was freaking watching Escape from New York again. I was like... Exactly. That's I, It starts out with a Nietzsche quote, Nietzsche quote, you know, and then, then Freddy, then a Freddy quote, and then it turns into Escape from New York for, you know, 30 seconds. And then it turns into Wizard of Oz, and I was like, oh... Well, not, be- not before it turns into terror at 40,000 yeah. feet. Okay, a little so bit of the Shatner the, uh, and a little bit of the Lithgow version. Yeah. So the uh, so that that okay so that scene there's a whole lot I got here about why the movie's like it is and I can tell you that in a second but that opening scene um, when they're on the plane right when he when he's freaking out and sort of shooters I need to move so there's that that woman next to him that very heavy set woman who's next to him and that actually was supposed to be played by the great divine who had just uh, passed away before the movie started. Oh, that would have been um, so great. Right. Think of how cool that would have been if there was. I mean, I mean, it makes sense though when you realize that um, the, a lot of the crew was all John Waters people. In fact, oh like my all the god, Divine would have got sucked out through the roof of the plane. Yeah, it been so right. awesome. Well, we got Tom That's... Arnold though. <laughs> well, okay, yes, but uh... Tom Arnold. I was like, oh, this is some third-rate um, Randy Quaid impersonator. <laughs> yeah. Well, the uh, so that was supposed to be the Great Divine there, and then all the John Waters crew that's on there is uh, kind of. Um, I mean, that was all of his. It was all of his. Everyone who did all his movies, his technical crews, did all this, and it has a lot to do with the fact that uh, um, the director this time is Rachel Talahay. 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 She started. She started out as uh, for New Line. She was yeah. working at a desk. And yeah. she was executive producer and all this stuff, and that she was able to work her way up to become director. That's why a lot of people came back for this because there was I like was a, very, I as soon as this. I saw her name, I was just like, "Ooh, a female horror director!" You know, a, fe- yeah. a, a female. You, you don't see that very often, it, and it, so I was like, especially "Oh, I'm going to pay." Especially not back no, then not either. Then. Yeah. Well, and in a Freddy movie, which is generally Freddy's, pre- pre- you know, is pre- Freddy is, you know. Blah blah blah, comma bitch. Every yeah, yeah. so it's not exactly like like a um. Well, I guess there's but. So I was like very interested when I saw that, uh, and just from the bizarreness of the beginning, I'm like, 
okay, this might be something really interesting. Oh, it's interesting. And I guess well, it kind of was. Some of what she said uh, later on, she said, maybe did we push the comedy parts a little too far? Should we take yeah, them maybe. a little more seriously? But the problem was this. I mean, they really, truly believed that this was going to be the last movie. So they wanted to get everything out there that they would have always wanted to do. And, like, they put the stick kind of up. Um, the problem was, originally, uh, when, the, when they were talking screenplays and stuff, Peter Jackson uh, did the original screenplay, him and his writing partner. Um, and they were in, uh, they, they were in uh, New Line's offices, and they was sitting, he was writing it. And the original sp- screenplay this had Freddie as he was uh, growing, he was aging, and he was growing weak, and within the dream world. So that teenagers of Springwood actually would take sleeping pills and have parties when they would all go, like, perfectly put themselves to sleep to go in and kick his ass. And it just was, they would just beat him up, and it was sad. And then finally what happened was he was able to catch one kid with the glove and kill him, and that started getting him power. And then what happens is then you now have Freddy who's starting to get a little bit of power back, and there's a cop who's who's in a coma, so Freddy attacks him constantly, getting power. And what they originally had planned is John Doe, the guy who's on the plane, who we don't know, that was supposed to be Jacob, right? Uh, yeah. That's supposed to be Alice's son. Okay. Alice, who, okay, so Alice is supposed to be in her now in her 30s, which she would be, um, was supposed to be killed by Freddy in the very beginning, right? Once he got his power, he was supposed to kill her. And then... Taryn, Kincaid, and Joey were all supposed to come back as the dream police <laughs> oh, with yeah. Taryn. Wait, Taryn oh as the blade cop, Joey as the sound cop, and Kincaid as the power cop. Oh, and my then, God. Well, wait. Uh, and then Freddy had been, like, leveling up and absorbing the entire town. He, what happens is once he gets his power back, he, he absorbs the entire town of Springwood, and he moves on to the next town with them chasing him. So, shockingly, um, uh, the, <laughs> Rachel, she, the, the director goes, this is horrible. Like, this is not good at all. So they changed it. And Michael DeLuca, who actually had done uh, all the rewrites for uh, Dream Child and had worked, he's a New Line guy. He works on all their stuff. He had done a lot of rewrites. He came in and he took what they had and they kept bits and pieces and things got changed, and John Doe turned into a character that no one knew who he was. Um, he, he he says he's Freddy's child. That's one of his big things. And, you know, it was supposed to be Jacob. I mean, that's it's just kind of funny how all these different things kind of – you can see where they're, what they're talking about. But all I know is when I was – when I heard that there was supposed to be the, the dream police chasing him down, I was like, oh, God, no. Like, that dream just sounds police, so yeah, bad. Oh, man. Cheap Trick loved to do soundtracks, too. They would have yeah. liked it. <laughs> I, I want to see this now. I want to write this. If they came out and if it was a script, in a script written by Peter Jackson, I would accept and embrace the Dream Police. Yeah. <laughs> well, but Peter Jackson and, wasn't and Peter I, Jackson. I mean, I, I mean, the Dream Police are made, if you take the Dream Police as a concept from the lyrics of the song by Cheap Trick. I'm just saying this. I mean, Peter Jackson was just so he. I mean, I don't. He hadn't even made. Uh, well, what, what year is this? I'm trying to think. Had he even made? Um, uh, what's the oh, crap? What's the one Luke where they have the sheep that blows up and it turns to be a table with? Oh, bad taste. Bad taste. Bad taste. Bad taste. Yeah. 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 
Um, what I'm saying is, I mean, you're looking at, what do you call it? You got Peter Jackson who, you know, becomes Peter Jackson. In fact, this, right. him writing this, and such a, such a good relationship with Bob Shea, this is what, this movie is what allowed them to make, um, you know, because they had the good relationship and everything else from there, that Lord of the Rings became a viable thing when they're like, <laughs> yeah, Peter Jackson, Lord of the Rings. He, they knew he was like, oh, this guy's really good. We can get this movie done. And I was like, oh, my God, it's hard to believe that, uh, you know, Freddy's dead is in in a way responsible for the Lord of the Rings, you know, movies and then the Hobbits and everything else. So, if but, that's what had to be done to get those, then I guess it's OK. Yeah. It, it, I mean, the thing about bit. it is there's so, now that I'm learning all this stuff, there's so much potential here. And then I saw a soundtrack by Brian May. It's not that Brian and, May. Well, it's the Brian Mayer did Mad Max. Oh. Right. Yeah. Oh, well, you can tell in the first, when when they first are going into Freddy's house, or in the, there's a ver- scene in the very beginning that has just a few blasts of that brassy Brian May. But then after that, it's all just you know by the books atmospheric sort of stuff yeah. and you could just hear little bits of his but he's he's so cheap he's i can't remember the the um which classical piece it is but he keeps biting off yeah that one i think it's a wagner that bum 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 they used it a lot in the toxic oh, avenger um not night on bald mountain is it that is night on bald mountain uh, yeah yeah, yeah. He, he, he does he, he, Stravinsky, yeah. he does okay Stravin, he does a little uh you know he 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 tinkers around with it but it's i mean it's obviously that piece it, it, you hear it really well when um john doe is stuck to the front of the bus yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. He's driving and uh but other than that, there's really, you know, besides just your general Nightmare on Elm Street creepy it's, music, there isn't anything that really personality-wise yeah, stands out by having Br- Brian May. He probably just did it in his sleep. It's, <laughs> it's pretty blah, yeah. That, that, I that, that, that's that's a lot of this movie, though. I mean, I, I have I very little... Well, you know, I love I love Yafet Kodo. Names well, is never baby, hair. but, you know... <laughs> But uh, the thing Hair does the thing, not suit Kodo at all. Well, yeah, but that's you know. But the the thing is, is that this is almost as if he looks like remember, Fat Albert. He does look a little like Fat Albert, you know. <laughs> stick his ass, He's stick his ass in a bear trap and leave him up in a tree. That's what I say you do. But uh, you know the that's Fat Abbott. That's something different. But the um, uh, the the thing about this movie. Remember on the last episode where we talked about the Dream Child, I said that oh th- this was a film basically that somebody read an article that said oh yeah that babies spend eighty percent of their their time in the womb in in dream state and said we could make a Nightmare on Elm Street movie out of this. This is basically a movie that said they had they had like the back half they had this idea of how to finish the movie and then padded in the first. 45 minutes of it because oh, there's a whole lot of nothing it's a there's some yeah. interesting visuals but it is a slog it's to get to the first half slog. of this movie and it's like wow it's like th- if, if this could have been like a tv movie they could have gotten away with a one hour it time feels slot. Like, there was it there was a lot like of it that movie. felt like a tv movie yeah especially in the first half of it 
Yeah, I mean, even oh, when, yeah. when the other films went outside and did location shooting, it didn't seem as cramped as, like, this just looks... Jeez, it might, I don't even know how much of it actually was location shooting. It probably was all sets, but it looks cheap. It looks like a set, yeah. They're, well, because they, they lit the sets so... what they, they lit them... It, it reminded me of a well-lit version of the Joe Dante section of the Twilight Zone movie. Yeah. With Anthony. Yeah. It's good that it's Anthony's birthday. Yes, very, <laughs> very good. But, like, the, the sets were well lit, but they didn't do any neat stuff with, like... It, it, it's weird having a, a nightmare movie where it's mostly brightly lit, but there isn't even any, like good shadow you know no well cast shadows or or you know or when it starts switching into dream mode you know uh uh uh, subtle changes in the mise-en-scene or anything it just sort of stays i i i mean it really like felt to me like they didn't have a lot of time to shoot and just got in there and did it and yeah, it, it has a very generic look, which is strange for a Freddy movie, you know, yeah. even if it's... The first time watching this as, as a kid, when they do the riff on The Wicked Witch of the West, I, I like, it was literally the Picard facepalm, like, oh, Jesus Christ. Well, uh-huh. yeah, it was... Uh-huh. Like, I knew it I mean, was downhill from there for this one. <laughs> remembering back on when I didn't watch these, but I read the reviews and stuff, you know, by three or four, they're like, oh, these are just becoming parodies of themselves. I think this is where it truly became a parody of itself yeah. and 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 stopped, like, it, it, there was a decent, I guess, amount of tension when Freddy wasn't around, when you're just going into the town and when they sort of go into the loop, and sort of. Uh, and all that stuff is stuff that should generally be disquieting and, and make you feel right. uncomfortable but like you right. said but it's when so Freddy shows up it's pure just it's cartoon it's, it's pure yeah cartoon it's there, it's one. there yeah. for it's just playing the audience into like woo you know here's comes a line and stuff so it's playing to the basest elements of nightmare on elm street really yeah yeah and like if you wrote everything that was in this movie and who was in it and what happened and all this stuff and and wrote it all down and read it it would sound amazing or at least like an amazing it would sound, it would sound a lot more it would it would sound pretty damn interesting i mean th- this probably like, makes a probably makes a good novelization i've never read it but it probably would make a good one of those but the execution is it, just yeah. so i mean it's it's just as like you said pedestrian it's there's not a whole lot of it doesn't seem like there was much effort exerted and, and i'm not one of these guys who said oh they should have tried harder but this really i mean this looks phoned in on a lot yeah. of this you know? it's a, a, everything when they get to springwood is like that should genu- genuinely be creepy it's all adults now they've all gone bananas uh, uh the fact that we're getting but, backstory about freddy should be interesting by this point but it's not it's just it's not, not at all no and not even and the only not even lisa zane's dsl lips can save this movie or her <laughs> do you know her friggin' pantsuit is the one thing i remember the most about this movie from the first time i saw it. i was like yeah it's the early 90s yeah that think, like, by this the, point... the only i was gonna say but the only thing I, I really liked in the spring would seen watching this now on dvd is in the schoolroom in the the the, the, the classroom the reading some of the yeah some of the dates and some of the the the, the in jokes and stuff yep. when she when they're flipping through the newspaper clippings the two that jumped out to me 
were the one that said four dead in Ohio. Yeah. In Ohio. In Ohio. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, and then the one of the victims was Bobby Glass. I also thought that was that was funny as well. So the, the, the Ohio <laughs> one. I also had a note too that that was a that was a poor piece of um, the the my roommate my roommate occasionally when she occasionally has a film job for low budget directors and that's usually her job is to you know set set decoration and set set design so she'll end up having to make like the fake newspaper articles and stuff but that one just had way too much white tag at the bottom of it it's like no that's not that's too much tag there should be another article yeah. or the the you know or the bottom of the newspaper it's just, they 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 just fit it so it fit well into the book but other but uh, yeah i thought i had that for dead in ohio too i was just like <laughs> it, they're just they're just throwing all the like and someone on the set so someone in the in the same department was a big fan of sepultura oh yeah because i saw sepultura yeah. written on two different walls sprawled on two different walls one in reality and one in dream world well, yeah. That's the power of Sepultura, man. And that was that was that was that was before Sepultura started getting some getting some uh, yeah. play too. So someone was a someone at least on the crew was a, was ahead of the curve. You well, probably you probably probably don't know them. They're not real mainstream, you know. Yeah. Well, do you guys think by this point, <laughs> like when I watch these movies and like I always when you know I, I watch the first one and the second one. And then I would, you know, then read about, you know, all the outrage about them and, you know, oh, you know, slasher movies and just blood. But they get, seem to get progressively less and less gory. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, well, the, that's the well, MPAA for you. Right, right. And it seems like it, it just it got to the point of where a Freddy mo- uh, movie that was truly, like, disturbing and graphic just couldn't exist, you know. The, and it's so funny that we had time periods before that that were much bloodier and yeah. nastier and then when it came yeah. to like post halloween where you know with slasher movies and stuff it the the uproar about that you know this is just a body count and blah 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 it, and the movies just seemed to like just i well i'm sure the mpaa had a lot to do with that but yeah uh, it, the mpaa just it, the mpaa just went crazy it's like yeah, what I mean, was this movie made well, like? Had to be like eighty nine or ninety. Yeah, so you know, it's just like, yeah, this, yeah. It's like yeah, this Freddy movie shouldn't have existed by now. It's just too. It's it's in it's in the wrong time period now, and it can't be a. It's 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 sort of two eighties to be nineties and too not enough nineties yes, to be it's the you know not, it's, it, yes, and it's, it just yeah. doesn't work at all. That being said. Um, Carlos's death is pretty cool. I, I got to get yeah. that out there. That was because he's of all the kids, he's like the only one that you know they <laughs> you actually get why Freddie is doing the the horrible things he's doing to him. I mean, Brecken Myers playing a handheld ninja Gaiden for about two seconds, and then that's supposed to lead into his video game death. It's like, uh, yeah, really I'm a, I mean, why didn't he? Why wasn't his death about about pot would have seemed more? And we get yeah. that in Freddy versus Jason, yeah. but it would have made more sense. You know, it's like I, I guess all stoners are also gamers back in 1991. Video out, games man. weren't quite <laughs> yeah, gra- sweet graphics. Great graphics. He literally graphics. has the best pot that but anybody. Those, ever are, those are the first. 
those are the first gamer jokes like ever in a horror That's movie. True. Think <laughs> about it. Like, I mean, the the okay. Well, I'm, I want I want to. You mentioned Carlos. I was had something to say there. I was going to say uh, that that was uh, Robert England's favorite kill in the yeah, series. Uh, it was Carlos. Yeah. Well, it's he seemed yeah. to be enjoying uh, himself. Yeah, that, that one. one's actually inventive and fun. Unlike <laughs> right. Well, the thing is, the other thing with that is too is the guy who the guy who played Carlos originally was supposed to play John Doe. Um, when John Doe was supposed to, like, remember it was going back where there was Jacob and John Doe, and he had read for that part, and they actually read uh, Sean Green, what, I forget his last name. It's not Sean Green, it's whatever the guy's name is, uh, who actually played uh, John Doe. Um, they had shifted the part over to Carlos because he felt it was a better, it was the better role. Like he goes, he goes, I got way more to do here. I can totally play this role up better because they felt the John Doe role was kind of. A guy who has no memory, so it's hard to have any character. Yeah. So it has to be completely kind of. So the so well, that was he and the his, shrink but, were just both wooden. Their characters were just like zombies almost. Yeah, they're they're bad. <laughs> yeah, they're really bad. Well, what I'm saying is, we've got to remember though too is that um, John Doe wasn't supposed to be that character. He's supposed to be Jacob, and and uh, um, Maggie is not supposed to be Maggie. That's supposed to be Lisa Wilcox. Um, part of her role was Lisa, they couldn't get Lisa Wilcox back to be Alice. Part of her role was Alice. And the other part of that role actually was in the original story, Jacob's girlfriend, because Jacob, the, the, here's, here was the entire shakeup they had idea here, is they were going to have, um, uh, about two thirds of the way through the movie, they had talked about having Jacob, who's the main, being the main character, he was going to be killed. And then the girlfriend becomes the main focus to throw the audience off, and then she becomes the final girl. Well, the problem was they took the two parts, the, 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 the mother part from Alice and the girlfriend part there, and whatever they sewed back together when the Luca did whatever his scripts or whatever, those characters were kind of sewn together. So when you're taking two very different characters, you kind of have to – it's like – it's 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 like when you join two pieces together and you have and you have um you know uh, a gap and you fill the gap you have to kind of sand that gap down. Well, the problem is sometimes the pieces don't fit really well, so you really have to kind of like lay a lot on that, and yeah. sand it all down. It, it's it's you know, like when of... you it's it's like when you eat the big piece of chicken and so you got to sew together two pork chops. You know, yeah. you never know the difference. You know, yeah. Chris Rock, anybody? <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the other thing is too is. Uh, uh, when he, when he, with, with Carlos is that um, so Haley watched this with me um, we, we, I was working on a model and she's watching it and she's like daddy why did he put the Q-tip in his ear and I had to explain to her whatever and she goes she's never never put a Q-tip in Haley's ear ever because you know nowadays you did that to a child you'll be that's why you say this is why you don't put a Q-tip in your right. ear well, that's why I said <laughs> well, I had to explain to her she goes well daddy but he didn't really put it in his ear and they did it. and now she's trying to explain to me how they did the effect I'm like honey I totally know how they did the effect but what to her, what she, to her was, she was like, she goes, that looks like it really hurts. Like when 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 the when the hearing it grows into his ear, yeah. you know, it just. She goes, that looks like it really hurts, and he's really afraid of sound. Like she picks all this up, you know. Again, she's young, but she's like, okay, I get this, and it makes a lot of sense in in the grand scheme of like, because him being deaf is a very major part of his character. Um, although he does have probably the scene with the map is pretty funny. Yes, <laughs> he's he just because ah, ah, he sells the shit out of it, right? I get you know? I, I kept it's, expecting it's, the map to grow into like a giant monster, like that Garmin commercial from a couple of years ago yeah. at the Super Bowl, and then Garmin <laughs> Man to run up and start fighting the monster. Maybe, maybe that was just me. I thought it was going to do my a, own subconscious. 
I thought it was going to do a Brazil type thing where it just sort of consumed him. Yeah. And then there would be like a person shaped piece of paper, you know, wad of paper, and they would like go to dig into it and there'd be nothing there. <laughs> no, instead we, he, got a, like instead, he, instead we actually got a good, a good R rated joke out of it. He, he really underplayed his deafness in the, in this. I, I went to um, my college had a big school of the deaf in it. So we had people who were like, you know, stone deaf, pure sign language and lip reading and people who spoke and with hearing aids and stuff. And he just put, he 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 spoke with just the tiniest little bit of you know the 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 way that deaf people yeah. speak when they have hearing aids but he, he could have played it up just a little more without it being exaggerated or like you know a parody or something but he could have just played it up but he was like he was partially deaf cuz he was still hearing stuff a little bit mm-hmm. when when it was out so that was i mean Again, a neat idea, but you know it, it. It well, actually, that was the only one that turned out fairly entertaining. But yeah, and here's another question for you guys, and I know the answer to it, but I, I just I'm not positive. This, the end of this was in 3D. Yes. Yes. In the Yo, movie when, theater. Oh, I got all when kinds she, of stuff about that. Yeah. When, when, so when she, cheesy the way that that. Well. It looks even worse. It was, not now, if you know the part where they go, if you wear these glasses, they can be anything. And then she puts the so, and then and I wasn't. I was just watching the movie and I wasn't thinking. Okay, this is a part in the movie where you're supposed to put your glasses on, until yeah. we had the you know Freddy's MST3K brain scene, and then I was like, oh my god, this is a 3D, and you know, Yapit Koto's hand is like, rah! <laughs> and I'm like, oh jeez. That's the one that <laughs> They're throwing yeah. everything, everything at the wall. Everything. Yeah. Well, okay. So at the time, when they did the 3D, they thought they, because th- that had been something that was not done, obviously, since like, what, 83, right? When Jaws right, 3 yeah. and, and whatever. They had a few movies coming at you and stuff like that. And so what happened was they thought this might be a really good way to kind of give the audience something they hadn't seen in you know, a long time. And it also, Rachel, was, uh, the director, was really big on using CGI. And what happened was she said, this would be great. We could do the 3D stuff, the CGI in 3D. You don't have to worry about it because it's all done in computer. Um, so they said they'd have to, like, thrust things at the camera in weird ways you know, to make the 3D kind of effect. And then she did all the CGI. Now, all those little, the little demons that caused Freddy the whatever, the nightmare demons, the, 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 yeah. basically the things that give Freddy his powers. So they did all that stuff, and they had to have all the footage sent back to him. So what's what's sent back to him is all their footage and a snip from Terminator 2 with Arnold Schwarzenegger riding on the bike where they'd done some CG. And so they're like, we should put this in our movie. And it's like, if, if that had ever gotten out, the James Cameron part of his movie had gotten out, we would have never had Freddy's dead because he would have sued them into you know non-existence anymore. Um, but Although the we would have had a with... brief Terminator 2 3D shot, <laughs> oh, twenty yeah. years well, premature. Well, seven... well, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the thing is, with with when you think about that, is the CGI was not used. I mean, Terminator 2 was really where CGI became like, oh my god, you could totally do things like. You know, Robert, you know, uh, you know, the T, the, the, the T-1000, you know, is so realized in that, you know, but you hadn't had, you didn't have CGI back then with stuff. It was always physical effects. Yeah. Um, so 
it, this was kind of funny that you think about like this, like they're that th- those being those two movies are kind of made at the same time. Where you know, Terminator well, Two. You know, to me that that's like that's like you know, we talked about this. You know, uh, the Green Slime and 2001: A Space Odyssey yeah. both came out in 1968. So it's like <laughs> there, there's always going to be a high and a low. There's going to be you know the high with the Green Slime and then the low. With right. you know that that 2001 movie, so you know it, yeah. it's you know different. They're, they're, everyone has you know well, ultimately everybody wants to make a movie and make money, but some people have different ambitions. Than <laughs> well, the other thing too is is that you know in the 3D, you know once you're talking 3D, um, you had to have something. You know they had to have a death right there. There so they had their the death had to be you know whatever it's going to be. It winds up being the worst death. I mean his. Freddy's death here is he's blown up and then like, you know, his face and his face and his face. It's like, oh, my God, his death in three and four are way better deaths than this. But those don't work as well in 3D because you don't have Freddy's face and outside of Freddy's face and Freddy's face. It's like, oh, but (laughs) when Haley's watching this with me and she goes. What just happened? Like she, like I mean, my daughter doesn't, you know. I mean, she she can do her sarcasm and stuff, but she's like, what did what? Like she goes, that doesn't make any sense. No. I was like, well, no, yeah. I said, yes, Haley. The problem is they had a lot of issues when they made this. She goes, she's too young oh. to have to talk about drugs yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she knows. She knew Brecken Myers in that scene. She goes, Daddy, that man. She goes, that man's doing a lot of drugs because she knows what drugs are. She's not. Dumb. I mean, she ran, I mean, good lord, the child. We were watching Law and Order, and they're like, "Well, this is this guy's a heroin dealer." Haley goes, "Heroin's a drug, Dad." I'm like, "I know <laughs> heroin's a drug, Haley. Thank you." Sweet, but, oh, sweet heroin. What? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry that. I'm sorry. I don't mean to the tangent here, but you know, I, I saw I saw a, a shirt, and it basically was it was a line of shirts. It was if if we treated other drugs like we drink coffee, like we drink like we treat coffee. And the one it said that I loved it said, "Please don't talk to me until I've had my heroin." <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Nice. I'm sorry. Carry on. These people live yeah. in that life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Need my need my morning heroin before you ask me any questions. We we yeah. had a couple. Just a side note. We had a couple arrested in 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 our town like that was like ten years ago, but uh, she was an elementary school teacher, and uh, her husband would bring her all her heroin and you know, needles and stuff in a Happy Meal and drop it off nice. to class every day Classy. so she That's could the she get through meal. class. <laughs> yeah, until one kid decided to go into the Happy Meal to see what pro- what the prize was. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lifelong geez. addiction. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the prize was a new teacher is what that was. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, the, also, how does, the, how does Maggie throw the knives so well in that? I mean, because that's back in the real world. That's no, in the serious. real world. That's what I mean. This, this is the real world. McMainerberry. McMainerberry. No, but this is, no, but I mean, this is not, it's not like she's got a dream warrior power or something. And so now she's like, you know, able to fight him. But she's like kicking his ass nine ways to Sunday. She's throwing knives at him. She's Maybe it's just hitting him with all sorts Freddy of stuff. DNA or something. Maybe it's But throwing a knife. Throwing a knife is tough. Yes, it is. Okay, yes. I mean it. It's it takes a lot of practice, and she's just whipping them out there. And I mean, I understand I mean, by that point we're not supposed yeah. to be questioning anymore. We're just supposed to be going, ooh, ah, three. At that point, oh. I was not questioning, and and I wasn't going ooh ah, but I wasn't que- <laughs> at that point. I wasn't questioning much of anything. Oh, yeah. that's what I mean. I mean, it, it's the 
You know, except you, my you career saying, in podcasting. Yeah, Whoa. it's like why, why? Yeah. Hey. Doing with Hello. my life. But uh, you know, you were. I mean, you were saying this week, you know, stuff about Freddy's origin and all that, and that even in the back half, that's the even that's the only stuff that's really interesting. You know, with Alice Cooper as his uh, as his stepdad. Take your medicine, boy. And Cooper is yeah, great, because yeah. Alice is good in anything. I mean, he was good in Monster Dog, for crying out loud. So, you know. You know I mean, Alice Cooper, did real quick, Alice Cooper said, he said, yes, I'll definitely do this, but I don't want to play Alice Cooper. I want to play some hayseed hick. Like, he yeah. wants to play this dirty, grungy guy, and they're like, yeah. And they said, as soon as he was on, he came on set, because they had Roseanne and Tom Arnold and whatever, right? He was the biggest uh, like the, the, everyone went absolutely crazy because they're like, oh, it's Alice Cooper, it's so yeah. cool, right? Kind of thing, right? There was a second scene, um, because he, because you know, um, the scene there where the where the guy the, who plays the younger Freddy, he comes at him with the blade, which is of course super cheesy because it's 3D. There's actually a scene of him cutting him with the blade that was all cut, um, because again, it it was that scene would have been far more serious than the tone of the movie was at that yeah. point, so. Um, but he's yeah, I mean, Alice Cooper, Cooper. He's got to suffer a gore death. He's got to get like de- his... decapitated or something. Yeah, I mean that's you know? that's his thing, man. I yeah. mean, he, he, at the end of at the end of every show, he gets decapitated. But uh, no, but but I mean, sometimes just... he's gotten hung before. Yeah, but I mean, the traditional one is with yeah. the guillotine. You know, when I saw him, that's what it was. I saw the guillotine too. Yeah. But you know, I'm just saying is, I just, but having him there. One of the the guy who one of his most famous songs is "Welcome to My Nightmare," finally being in a Nightmare on Elm Street movie, and then yeah. having a very, even if it's just basically an extended cameo, a very good little role, and a good yeah. scene. That's one of the few scenes in a movie that really works. Yeah, you is you know screwed up and... young man. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, that's the up weird thing. Freddy. The the flashbacks with Freddy. If you had stuck those into into four or five would have felt at home they just don't feel at home in this movie right that's what well, i mean they, they were almost... they were trying to Go ahead. they were trying to make you feel at least for a minute or two like okay you can understand where freddie's coming from and again i being as they really truly believe and they had a funeral for christ's sake where they where they brought back everybody from all the movies and they buried freddie quote unquote on freddie day the day before this movie opened and all of their stuff they truly believed they were. This was it. So they're like, "Well, if we're, if we, this is going to be it. We better tell some of how this happened." And that's the scene where um, you see the the mother getting beaten to death, or her head slammed into the uh, the tree, and um, the, you know Maggie. Well, it's when she's Catherine, right? She's does she when she's that's when she's little. Um, you know, discovering the room and all this other stuff. It's like you fit all this stuff in here because it now quote unquote needs to be here. But it would have made sense in the other ones. It's just that this was just happened to be where we, you know, we got to get this stuff in because there's well, not going to be any but, more movies. But you know, Great, like get I it said, in. The, the stuff, but the the general again, the 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 45 minutes or so that consist of the actual plot of this movie is interesting. The idea of no, the idea yes. of Freddie having a kid, and you know, one of the big things in the early 90s was repressed memories, which is what her whole deal is. You know, it's that that's a very late 80s, early 90s sort of thing. With her having the repressed memory of, of of her childhood and all that, so you know it's like I, there there was a nucleus of a good idea there, but like you said, it needed to be in a more serious movie. Say what you want about the quality of the Dream Child, and if you listen to our episode, you know that we did. You oh, know, yeah. Safe about the quality, 
<laughs> and judging by the attendance, you haven't. But, uh, you know, <laughs> but if, if you stick those scenes, like you say, and even just a more serious film, I think they work really well. But this film is just so cartoonish and so ridiculous for a majority of its running time that you're just like, well, OK, it's it veers very quickly from, uh, you know, from the ridiculous to the uh, slightly less ridiculous. Yeah. And right. it just, you know, after a while, you just get you know, like, OK, you yeah, know, it's all like the you're, good, you're all the good stuff it. in it is wasted. Uh, Freddie popping up and saying every town has an Elm Street. That's a killer line in a shit yeah. movie, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. In a, in a yeah. more serious movie where the stakes were actually felt higher, then it would be oh shit, he's going to be able to go everywhere. Like that's yep. I yeah. just never felt like that. And and can somebody explain exactly how that that that's going to be allow him to go any everywhere? Because that is is again, it's very unclear how exactly you know did this what his plot is in this is going to get him to go outside of Springwood. Uh, you know, he's able to he's able to ride in John Doe's brain and he has to get into his daughter's brain so that he can get outside the border. You know, it's it's just not it's not clear. I mean what he was trying yeah. to do in the other Are films, you having trouble making sense of it? A little bit, you know. I yeah, mean, I mean, there's an internal logic to the rest of them. This one it's kind of Yeah, right. It's all thrown out the window in this, so it's just like you can't take any piece of it seriously because you know it's not gonna really mean anything and, you know, I mean, at some point you're still trying to parse, you know, how did he get a daughter when he had a son before? Or was it his son? No, or what, it's not his son. No, Jacob it? is, right, Jacob right. is Lisa Wilk, uh, uh, Alice's, Alice's son. son. And right, he right. somehow, you know, got into, yeah. Well, the thing is with the, but yeah, after a while yeah. I was just like, okay, they just threw that. I, I stopped thinking about what was going on in it because it was like, I'm not even going to try because it's yeah. just sort of doing its own thing. It's not going to, I was like, it's not going to make some... sense, but it's not going to make sense in not the right way. Some exist to exist right you know they they are what are <laughs> but so. uh, i mean i hate to apply such a thing to this film but you know it's yeah i mean the, the, the i mean like i said even it just became just okay we go from this point to this point to this point it's like i really just after i watched it i was really sat down trying to think about it. i was like well, how was this going to make him more powerful i what it wasn't clear it's like with the dream master okay he can use her to pull other people in that makes sense in the dream child, it's like, okay, he can get people while they're awake by using the mom and the kid. That makes sense. It's like, oh, I'm going to be able to leave Springwood. It's like, oh, how? You know? Yeah. I, and, and, and that's never brought up again because, as we'll see in a couple episodes from now, he's still at Springwood and still limited yeah. by his his sphere of influence. So yes. it, whatever he was planning to do here, just everybody forgot about because it's like that, like everyone well, else. They who forgot about him in general. Yeah. So Luke was saying about repressed uh, memories and stuff, and um, the scene where uh, Freddie and um, Tracy fight. The, the beginning of that scene yep. is when Tracy, mm-hmm. when her, when her, the the the, the slovenly obese man hey, hey, is hey, her hey. father, and it's yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> sorry, Chris, not you. Um, where clearly, I mean, there's there's lots of like uh, incestual like ideas and like it's it's all just like nasty well, they set, stuff. They set it up, these. you know. Nobody likes she's hostile. Nobody, she, that you know, they said yes. she doesn't like people touching her. You know, so you sort of know where, and she's you well, know telling all the guys. You ain't getting any, or not, and all that, and 
So you knew there was something up, but then when the father shows up, that could have been really disturbing, and it should have been really disturbing. Well, it is if you think about the fact that now when Leslie Dean – that Leslie Dean is the actress doing the part – She's doing the scene, and she has said later on, she goes, well, this is this scene was coming really easy to me, and I wasn't having to work hard for it. She goes, I wonder why this was happening. I, was just, I could just get in the moment, and, like, the rage that she felt when she's, like, obviously not hitting the real person, but she's, like, there. Well, so it turns out that, uh, like, about a month or so after the filming, she kept having these, like, flash, like – she would have these dreams with all the stuff. So she went to therapy, and it turned out she was abused as a child Jesus. and had repressed it all. So that scene changed her life because it got her the help she needed to, um, you know, that she eventually well, so, needed. Okay, so with, with that and right. The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, I guess the movie justifies the movie does have itself. Redeeming values <laughs> with some, some level, yeah. So when, when, Fre- when, uh, when Freddie and Tracy are fighting, Robert England does the backhand with the glove. Yeah. Yep. to her face right he actually split her head open she had to go get a bunch of like like three or six stitches to close up the wound in her head and she has a scar now on her head for the rest of her life where england caught her he didn't mean to catch her obviously but doesn't that kind of sound like what was it with uh with wasn't it with um heather landing camp or something like that didn't he catch her with the knife or something or yeah. one of the movies where you, you're not meaning to but the prop cannot be rubber it has to be metal because it looks so fake otherwise, and he caught her with it. So, um, which I always thought was kind of funny that, you know, like, because you're thinking, like, okay, if this is metal, I mean, he's going to have to catch her at some point or somebody at some point. But, yeah. uh, but that's that, that scene, it, it, I mean, it definitely, we kind of gotten away from Freddy being a child molester and child murderer in some of the movies, and now it's kind of, kind of creeping back in, and a lot of that, like, that nastier stuff. They definitely put in here, which again, as Luke said, and and both you guys said too, it doesn't quite fit with the right story. And I'm not saying it would have been, oh my God, let's have the you know the dream police coming, but you know, I think a very if we had a more serious movie here, all that stuff really fits. Um, so I just want to before I forgot this because uh, you could mention that it's uh, nobody in the movie is actually killed with the glove except yep. Freddy who catches it in his gut at the end. Uh, and right. yeah. this right yeah. well, well technically his head explodes because the glove is scraping the chalkboard so it's right, sort of, saying, yeah but the nobody, no, but gets stabbed, nobody got stabbed with the glove stabbed with the glove right. except freddy which is kind of funny it's the only time that happened this is also the only movie that does not feature the little girls singing the song and jumping the rope although it's all placed throughout the movie in little like uh, written on the chalkboard and written on the sign, like the whole one, two, Freddy's coming for you thing, that no time are they in the movie jumping the rope, singing the song. It's the only movie that didn't feature that up to this point. Uh, and the other thing was, um, the okay, so the 3D glasses, This Luke will appreciate some of this here. So the 3D glasses had movie taglines printed right on them. There was an adhesive on the inside arm for attaching them to your glasses. So you take the adhesive off, and they would stick right to your glasses. Because I know Luke has uh, – we, we talked about when we go see 3D movies, the 3D glasses nowadays, the polarized lenses and stuff, really yeah. don't fit well over our glasses. And it, it makes it very nauseating at times. But they thought about that, and you stuck them right to your glasses. Yeah, well, and, these were more uh, the old-fashioned – these were just yes. cardboard style 3D yes. glasses. So, you know, it's exactly like she wears in the movie, actually. Yes. <laughs> And well, not exactly, because you notice on the outside, there was no uh, advertisement for House Party 2, which the yes, outside well. of the glasses did feature. I thought that was kind of uh, sad they didn't feature that. Um, 
So, uh, oh, we, yeah, okay. So think about this. John Doe, right? He thinks he's Freddy's son. But clearly, if he's Freddy's son, he would have to be in his mid-30s. Yeah. Right? Yep. So he couldn't be Freddy's son, which is why it makes a lot more sense for him to be Jacob, you know, kind of thing in the original idea. But he couldn't be Freddy's son. He's way too young. To be well, you know, I mean, with all due respect, the teenagers of Springwood were never shown to be that intelligent. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're pretty stupid. You know, I mean, you see yeah. the school system. No, yeah. Nor the adults. <laughs> it, I, I mean, <laughs> really, maybe the town sort of had it coming or maybe this is sort of a Darwin <laughs> sort of thing. <laughs> uh, I, I just again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about, you know, we'll get this in a couple episodes. We just got to keep this thing contained. That's the that's the key thing here. That's, you know, that's uh, that's in Freddy versus Jason. But, yeah, no, it's like, yeah, yeah. It's one of those ones where it, it actually is a logic, a logical thing that makes sense in this film, which is rare. <laughs> it's like, yeah, wait a minute, he can't be the right age, you know? It's like, unless Freddie had kids late in life, you know, people start later nowadays. You know, yeah. you never still, know. <laughs> but it still would be too long because she'd have to be grown. It doesn't matter. Um, because, well, I mean, yeah, anyway. the um, So this act, this movie, it's hard as to believe, up uh, up till the aforementioned Freddie versus Jason, was the, had the highest grossing opening weekend of all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. That's not that surprising. I mean, I remember there being a ton of advertising for this. I can tell you that. All over every Marvel comic ever. And all the hype and everything else and the 3D. So, I mean, it's not like it is now where the 3D, you you take, uh, you know, you got to divide the pick. Well, yeah, but I mean, back then it was more of a gimmick. It wasn't like the thing it is now where it's like everything... So I can buy that. I mean, it it probably deserved that big opening. I mean, a lot of people were interested in it. It had a you know, the, how are they going to kill Fred Krueger? You know, and they had to wait till you know most of the movie was over to even put the things on. They had to hold on to their glasses through the whole movie. Yes. That was I, one of the things that they, they I was said say, that I a lot remember, of people. A lot of people put them on. It's like this three D doesn't work. I, re- I remember an article in the local Gannett Suburban paper in New York talking about that, how apparently neighbor and Elm Street viewers are just really stupid because they haven't figured out that you only put the glasses on at the end. It's like, okay, well, that's that's a yeah. bit mean-spirited, yeah. you know? But then again, it was a Gannett Suburban again, paper, so you might say, Then again, it's the local paper, and they just talk down about everybody, so... I can buy and sell you over lunch. So yeah, yeah, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that woman telling me that at work. But uh, that's a true story, by the way. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it. it but it, but in any event, yeah. I mean, it's, it, I'm not surprised by that, considering, like I said, we came off of you know, uh, you know a few real successful ones, and then just the hype and stuff for this. I mean, I really remember this. Like like you were saying, hero in the comics. I remember seeing TV mm-hmm. commercials for it. I remember on MTV for it, all that stuff. So, you know, in the city, it's not the bu- side of the buses had the, you know, the advertising on the side of the buses, they would go yep. by and it had a giant post that's Freddie's dead. And it had uh, Kruger with his glove coming out of the bus. And you're like, Holy crap. Like yeah. that's big news, you know? So, uh, oh, yeah. I but what I'm saying is, I mean, you know, this made a lot of money, you know, opening weekend and stuff. And, um, so it's turned kind to profit of, too. Yeah. Oh, it did. And well, and the thing is, and that's why, even though they said this is it, he's dead. There's no more, you know, kind of thing. Um, I mean, obviously, um, our next episode when we talk about New Nightmare, 
that is completely a different movie than anything we've seen up to this point. Yeah. And I think it had to be, but that also is a, is a product, uh, to me, a product of its time and a product of Wes Craven going from Wes Craven in 1980-something to Wes Craven in 1990-something, but that's I, another story. I think it was Wes Craven sort of formula. It was like a little transition to Scream, you know? It was a well, little also, ahead of its time in that yeah, meta well, sort of thing. Also, too, had this. Remember, Craven gets credit on all these movies, and he had made his residuals and everything else because it's his characters, right? But Craven is not involved here. There is no Wes Craven writing this. There is no Wes Craven directing this. This is not his baby at oh, all, Oh, yeah. Right? No, I mean in yeah. the next one, though. You know, the right. next one was sort of is... ahead of the curve of, of being mm-hmm. like a weird meta reboot, reimagining, yeah. you yeah. know, semi-documentary yeah. style type thing. It was, it was, it was very novel, you know, and it was, and you'd see a lot more of that sort of stuff. And I think he just sort of honed it and refined it and came up with Scream. But I think this no, is... He didn't come up with Scream. Yeah. That's not... Scream was Kevin Williamson. Yeah. Mm. Craven just directed. I mean, but, 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 I, but, but, I, but I think, you know, there's... I think what it is is that uh, getting back into the into working with A Nightmare on Elm Street and spinning it in a new direction was, like you were saying, it, it, was, it was Craven being ahead of his time now he would get a lot of credit for Scream, but the idea of the metatextual stuff, well, like I said, comes more from Kevin Williamson. But that that is kind of how the genre went in the '90s. You know, it, it came at a point where the the traditional sequels were they, they were passe. You know, I'm right. thinking specifically of like Halloween Six and Jason X, and you know, uh, you know, they, they were like, oh, okay, it's another one of those old movies. No one cares about those. Ugh. You know. Right. Even before Jason X, let's go. Uh, you know, uh, Jason Goes to Hell was yeah. uh, was the one that really was the one that's like, oh, nobody cares about this. That old crap. You know, no, movies now need to be self aware, and that kind of created what we talked about this on the Scream episode. You know, back in Hallowed Antiquity, that that created a whole other um, sort of subgenre in the '90s of these self aware type of movies where everything was ripping off Scream. You know, we said that Scream probably is responsible for some of the best uh, horror from the 90s and all the absolute worst horror from the 90s yeah. is laid at its feet. But yeah, Craven was ahead of the game with that. And, and you know, you, that was the only way you could really take the series at that time, I think, after this, because this was designed, like you said, to be such a final statement on not just Freddy Krueger, but on the continuity that had been established. Because we learn all this stuff right before he dies. You know, yeah. and it's right. like, OK, it's like we, we don't have anything else we can do with him now. So, boom, he's dead. And, you know, <laughs> who knows what adventures he'll have between now and when the series is no longer profitable. So, I mean, you know, well, but, wasn't but, this, overlap- to- this is overlapping with him being on TV, too. Yeah. No, point, Freddy, right? Freddy was a pop culture icon. I mean, there, I mean he yeah, was on I mean, there's comic he, books and stuff. Yeah, you and, know. I mean, there was but, there was, it was on MTV Kruger, and but, stuff. Freddy Krueger right. was a was. Yeah. Um, a modern day, you know, he was a he was like a spook show guy. I mean, everybody knew but, Freddy Krueger. You know, what's funny is I think it was you hero. One of the times we met up, you got you gave me the first issue of the the Freddy. Oh yeah, Freddy's Nightmares. One of the uh, comic magazine. I don't know if it was the first issue. It was the one from Innovation that was following. It was Alice. the first. It was the first issue. Was it? Okay, yeah, that follows. It was us in Alice because in Jacob. Last night I watched. After watching the movie, I went on to facebook and someone had posted an article going like did you know there was a freddy freddy's nightmares comic yeah and, and well marvel, the, and did, the marvel did a series 
magazine series, mm-hmm. and Innovation had it, and then somebody else I think had it. After. Wild, yeah, yeah, no, they were. I think it was Wild Innovation Stone. who did it first. They were talking about the Innovation one because there was there was the cover, the one you gave me, number yeah. one. It's yeah. it's Freddy with his claw up with a girl in her nighty. Yeah, in the mirror. Sitting in yeah. the claw. Yeah. yeah. Great I know cover. Wildstorm did a comic. Wildstorm mm-hmm. did the comic for a little while as well. At one point in the. Uh, Mid two thousands, they had Nightmare Friday the Thirteenth and Texas Chainsaw Massacre mm-hmm. as, as comics at Wildstorm, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I mean that, that's the thing. It, he, he's a he's a there's a reason why everybody knows who Fred Krueger is, you know, and 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 a lot of that is if you're our age, you know, every you that, that was he was a popular guy. I mean, you know, it, it, you whether you watched the movies or not, you knew who he you was. knew the character, yeah. you understood well, it, you know. So well, that's that's why I, I love. Don't, Wes I don't think you could continue with this. I think ahead, it, here, after here. this point, Wes Craven was sit, sitting around somewhere just thinking about, like, damn, I made that first movie. Why were all these other movies so popular? Oh. You know, why won't it die? Why won't it die? And that was probably the kernel of part. I, If you can't tell from last time, the last Freddy movie we covered in this one, I'm really looking forward to to Wes Craven's new nightmare. That was the, When that one came out, I was like, I really want to see that, and then the nerd in me was like, "You haven't seen three through six yet. <laughs> you can't see it." So now I finally can see it, and I've been looking forward to seeing <laughs> um, it ever. I'm since looking forward to covering it too because it's uh, it is a, it's is a, a breath of fresh air. Yeah, I mean well, everything a, in this. Well, I thought about. It. I mean, there, there's good ideas in this movie. Uh, but they just they don't come off and and all the i remember i remember watching this movie jay and i watched this one night on hbo i think my parents were out at a show or something and we were we were home by ourselves and we watched this and we were excited because it was a new friday 13th and it was a debut on hbo i remember thinking it's like yeah that was uh so that was something huh you know that was kind of our reaction at the end of it i mean at the time i was like 12 or 11 so I thought it was cool to 3D, and he always, I mean, I remember Carlos's death, and, you know, the, the gag house, when they go into the, um, they go into the, the Kruger house, and it does start doing all the weird shit and all that outside, Yeah. and it like, blow, you know, the, the facade blows off and all that, that's cool, what does that mean? You know, yeah. that doesn't make any sense, no one's asleep. It doesn't should, go anywhere with it either. It, it, it's it's just right. an effect for effect's sake. Now, it's a cool effect. But oh yeah, what is what is the point of that? You know, so there's a lot of this movie. It's like that's cool, but why? Yeah, they, they, they never yeah. they never to me successfully. Well, you know, I mean, question. I mean, the town was all. Uh, it was. It reminded me a lot of. Um, oh, what was the John Carpenter movie? They live about the about the Nothing. science fiction writer. Oh, about the science. Oh, fiction. Well, uh, in the mouth of madness. Yeah, mouth of madness. Uh, it reminded me of mouth of madness, where you had this spot where. There had to be some percentage of Freddy seeping through because you couldn't get out of the town. You know, it, it just had that that weird, you yeah. know, constant wind blo- wind and leaves blowing, and they kept coming around to the little statue of the kid and uh, the little Boy Scout looking guy. And uh, so he had to have some sort of influence in the real world, and he was messing. Yeah you know, messing with it a little bit. So I guess you could get away with stuff like that. You could, I guess you could have it be just sort of a metaphorical thing happening or yeah. something, but, no, but mean, that would be know, in a better movie, better written movie. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it's, it's there because it looks cool and I appreciate it because it's a cool effect, 
But again, it's like there's a lot in this movie that's like it's there because it's yeah. because it's cool because we we think they'd like it. The dream well, demons when they go, happen, but things don't go crazy. Like when the guy's watching yeah. the TV and he's like, "Oh, it's getting psychedelic." The room just sits there and he's looking at a screen with sort of cheesy psychedelic effects on it and stuff. And after he sees Johnny just, Depp, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that's now that is that, that's yeah. Oprah, whatever the hell it was. Yeah. Credited Shana. not as Johnny Depp, but what is it? And that that is great because I I after I saw that every time I would see the fried egg infomercial I would always yes. think that. So mission accomplished on that front. I like know. that. I like the one that they did. <laughs> I don't about know what you're on. Fifteen uh, years ago, <laughs> the one, the one with me. Rachel Lee Cook because she was just oh. not. She starts. This is your. Every, this is what happens to your family. And your I love that. Odd. When you were on, seeing the on, on um, robot chicken, yes. it's like, please <laughs> come down, ma'am. If you need help, we can help you. <laughs> yeah, the robot chicken of that is even better. Uh, but yeah, but I'm saying, but like the, the, that. Uh, uh, what you're saying? I mean, the the the. But even like the video game thing, it's like that yeah. was an opportunity. Again, part of that was the state of video games in 1991. But you know, and Hero, Hero and Jay, Chris, you might be a little uh, too old to remember this, but Hero and Jay probably remember. Remember Nick Arcade? Oh yeah. Yes. That's basically what he's in, right? Yeah. He's trapped in Nick Arcade, yes. the like whole me. level be of like that. Be like me. Be like me. And uh, yeah, you know, it's like you can. I mean, I mean, nowadays you could do a lot more with that. But that was the state of video games back then. You know, I'm I mean, imagining it from uh, Wreck-It Ralph when he's in the rail shooter. When did video games get so scary, you know? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It reminded me a little of Wreck-It Ralph, you know, kind of thing. When he, like, Because in Wreck-It Ralph, he's that he's just the 8-bit game kind of thing. He's very basic. You know, basically it's like Rampage, you know, kind of thing there. It's that very simplistic kind of game. Um, but that was exactly the thing at the time. And obviously uh, Nintendo was very adamant that they were not to use the Power Glove because they went to Nintendo and said, hey, we're making a movie, you want to put the Power Glove? And they said, by no uncertain terms, are you to use the Power Glove? So Bob Shea said, fuck it, use the Power Glove because it's going to be really a good gag, which is really funny. But Freddie Wayne's like, now I'm playing with power. And I'm like, oh my God, how many thousands of fucking times did we hear that on a commercial (laughs) or in a print ad? Now I'm playing with power. It's like... Okay, you know, but it's such. But what do I remember? I remember, I remember Freddy Krueger saying it because it's freaking funny as hell. Well, and, we also didn't. We were also a Sega household and not a, you know, not a Nintendo household. So that helps. But yes. How many times do you hear that? I mean, on, right. on wrestling, on American Gladiators, on right. yeah, yeah. Uh, cartoons. You know, it's you just very, very much an '80s thing, right there. Sure. Which again, it, it, it's lost on, uh, you know. Nowadays, kids don't. Un- now we're playing with power. I mean, unless they know their old Nintendo stuff, they would never know that's a joke. Yeah, like, right, yeah the game jokes are very dated. Well, yeah. they, they they would have well, known it was a joke just by the way it's sort of telegraphed and presented. But it would be a nonsense. They'd be like, okay, that's supposed to mean something, I guess, by the way he's like. You're giving yeah. credit. Uh, this, this, you know, so, there's there's that there's that fine line. And I, I think we've talked about this before, and if not, I know I've talked about this on, like, uh, some other shows. There's that fine line between hip and trendy, mm. you know? 
and and you always strive to be hip and most of the time if you're lucky you end up at trendy and then when you're you're five minutes ago five minutes away from being five minutes ago kind of thing and that that that's a lot of this movie this movie is very much hey it's 1991 you know yeah, yeah. rock and the roll they live forever you know? yeah they're very they disposable have like slim gems and slurpees and like things <laughs> like that. that's all they were really missing they were missing like, hey, did you Stacker snap into two. a slip gym? Yeah, Stacker two. Oh my god! <laughs> Actually, a snap into a slim gym Freddy Krueger gag would be pretty great. Yeah. A guy named Jim. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He'd like, yep. You know, skinny guy. Yeah. Well, yeah, now I'm just picturing Freddy busting through like the Macho Man with like a wrestling yes. outfit on. That would be amazing. But- that is Ooh, the thing. Yeah. That, that's part seven. If, if part seven, or there's no part seven, but if the next movie had been in within the same realm of these movies and not been New Nightmare, you know it would have been like, all right, let's turn it up, and you would have gotten those references to the stuff that would have happened in like '93, '94, because that's the stuff that they would have been talking about, <laughs> and it would have been that you know kind of silly. I mean. Snap into a Slim Jim, I mean, that became a bigger thing, obviously, in the mid-90s to whatever Randy Savage took over. Or, like, but all those different things that they're doing, I mean, that the, 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 the quote-unquote gamer joke that they're in here, because <laughs> we, we, we knew those kind of games. But to me, again, when if, if he, the thing with the Power Glove, it's really funny because the Power Glove itself never worked. No, right? it did not. The power- they had it. I can a- attest to it. A- yeah. I mean, and, it's, well, it's also real- funny because they made a whole movie to promote the Power Glove. I love the Power Glove. Yes, so bad. So, so, so bad. <laughs> Ripback Wizard is hysterical. Um, but, but that's what I'm saying is like, so the Power Glove was this huge thing. And I mean, I can remember the back of G- issues of G.I. Joe with just, you could see someone's hand in the Power Glove, like coming from Nintendo, the Power Glove. And you're like, dude like that's not gonna fit my arm you know kind of thing like that's that's made for some skinny kid like i think gonna fit me how do you work this thing and i mean our cousins in florida had the power glove yeah. it didn't work for any games work, they yeah. had it worked for super glove you know? ball and that was it the pack <laughs> everything else it did not work bad street brawler got killed right away yeah yeah so, ended up just using the little pad on it yes you know? it was like yeah, well exactly. shit might as well plug my yeah. controller in yeah. So, you know, think about that. So you have those kind of things there that are, again, as Luke said, they're, they're five minutes from being five minutes, you know, too late or whatever kind of thing. Yeah. That's that's what this is. I mean, that's that's that. And but the other thing, too, is, well, uh, you know, and when they're trying to make they're trying to make the last one and everything is whatever, all those things come into play. You can see clearly where two movies, two different movies were put together and made differently and whatever. You know, and like characters were combined and got, you know, parts of one movie were here. Like, this is a serious movie with this in it. And this is like not as serious. And uh, I, I think what this shows is um, the and we guys are saying this, the decay of the slasher movie as the 80s went on. You couldn't keep making the burning and, uh, you know, the original nightmare. And you couldn't make, you know, the original, you know, Friday the 13th. You couldn't keep making those movies because. Those movies were not allowed. So the MPA, MPAA stepped in, and they kept saying, no, cut this, cut this, cut this, cut this. So, I mean, it's it's the curse of, uh, what is it, uh, Friday Part 8, right? That Jason Takes yeah. Manhattan, which was the bloodiest movie they had ever filmed, and it's now cut to be the least bloodiest movie 
ever f- in in the series. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, so, and then and then but then you know it, by the same token, you get the directors that learn from this, and you get like Freddy's dead. Excuse me, not Freddy's dead. Uh, Jason goes to hell, which had a bunch yeah. of stuff shot specifically because they knew the MPA would cut it, yeah. and then they'd release it on a director's cut, knowing that well, there's there's no chance this will ever make it, but if we shoot it. We can have it shot. We can release it later and say, "Oh, this is the uncut director's cut." And we can make our money on the back end. So yeah. you know, the the MPAA kind of flexing their muscles. Jack Valenti going power crazy. Yeah. I was like, well, "Grandpa was in the war. Nothing much bothers him anymore, and he didn't want to go to the movies in the first place." And Scrappy's just a dog. So you know, the that the MPA doing that had a lot of knock on effects from that. But ultimately, yes. these films that were kind of caught in that you know in that era. They're 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 pretty tame. It's like you know, it's funny because uh, the the line I always remember is uh, you know on on the first Trias of Horror when Bart and Lisa are, are reading The Raven, and uh, he says that wasn't that scary. He goes, well, it was written in the 1800s. People were easier to scare back then. And he goes, yeah, yeah. kind of like if you watch the first Friday the Thirteenth, pretty tame by today's standards. Yeah. But it's kind of the other way around. <laughs> right. <laughs> the joke doesn't really work well, if yeah. you think about it. That's true. Yeah, but it, it's 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 just poking fun at whatever. Yeah, but, well, it's, it's yeah far, no, I agree with far, you. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, that that is also a classic that was used constantly in in our house. You know, pretty tame by today's standards, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what would have been scarier than nothing? Anything, anything. <laughs> it is it is amazing. I mean, we watched that. We watched that in English class. I cannot imagine how many English classes over the years, ninth grade English classes, have watched the Treehouse of Horror, The Raven. While studying Edgar Allan Poe in high school, that is that's just so great, but so much think, better than Freddy's Dead. Yeah. Even at a little seven minutes, it's short. only seven minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. This one is. Uh, it was yeah. It was time to put a fork in this franchise right now. It's just the way that this end, the way five and six end up. Yeah, yeah the I plane mean, has crashed into the mountain. Maybe I mean, they just no. maybe they maybe they threw this fight just so they could just so it would stop me because didn't it, didn't didn't five like make tons and tons and tons of money or like the most money or something like that? Uh, I think four was the highest grossing. No, yeah. four. four, but they kept making. The maybe they was, tried to pull made... a producer. On this one, you know, and <laughs> and it actually well, worked. I, I think I think no, they, no, they, no, they, no, they seriously like, thought. They seriously thought this was going to – they sorry. Uh, they really, truly believed – and, you know, they talk a lot about this on the uh, the um, Never Sleep Again documentary, which is outstanding, and if, I've recommended it every episode, and I'll continue to recommend it. Um, they really, truly thought, like, look, we got to – we have probably enough here to make one movie. Like, we, we could make one more night, nightmare movie, and then that's going to be it because they really believed that it was the last movie and they weren't making any more. So – but it they, makes them they sound knew. like artists almost. Well, okay, almost. Well, yeah. yeah. I'm. Well, I mean, but the thing is, it's Bob Shea yeah, was like, like yeah. This I thing mean, is you know, again, we. And, I'm, go ahead, Jeff. I'm talking over. Yeah, you. I'm just. I mean, I'm saying Bob Shea had said that you know that we have and we have this this series is probably run its course. We can get one more movie out of this to tie it all up. We and, and they knew they were going to have a good. You know, they could at least have it a good opening weekend. They still had a Freddie was still a viable character, but the franchise itself was just not where it needed to be because of the 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 the, the if five had been as successful as four monetarily, we would have gotten those two or three more movies because it's not the movie. 
if if five doesn't make the money, it's not like all of a sudden like, well, we got to end there. They always make yeah. one more, right? Yeah. There's always one more. Maybe we can squeeze can one more. You can slash the budget on that one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So made, this film, speaking of budget, made for eleven million dollars, had a box office of just shy of thirty-five million in the U.S. alone. <laughs> okay, so, so that's a that's that's a, a that's that's a that's a three a three point multiplier. Do you know how many films would kill for that kind of multiplier nowadays? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, they, they ain't making a movie for eleven million dollars. I know, eleven million dollars. That's, 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 that's like, like an a... episode of Game of Thrones. So, yeah, right. yeah. That, that, I don't that, know. Yeah. Not, you, you not even a good one. A, that's like a. You could probably do a, a, a reboot of Nightmare for about eleven million, as long as you're not using CGI. Shit, you can yeah. make a, a real. Oh. I agree. I mean, dude. I mean, I we. I mean, I actually watched a couple movies, uh, um, the Monster, and we watched what was the Void, and like other movies like that where the Void. Budgets, void. Sorry. Yeah. Well, the the Void, the the budgets are very low compared to like you no know, movies now. Any even average movie nowadays. And yes, there's you still could make movies like that, but. I mean, to think of $11 million in 1991, that wasn't like a, a low budget movie. That was like for that, for this, for a new line, that's a movie that got a decent budget for yeah. it. And they, they made 35 million. I'm like, you know, I mean, if, if put it this way, um, cause we, I, Luke and I had talked about this. I think you were there too, Chris. We were thinking we were talking about this. Um, when you think about like a, a DreamWorks movie, DreamWorks movies cost a hundred million dollars to make, right? They're animated movies. They cost a hundred million dollars to make. But if they make you $300 million, great. It's a great return on investment, right? So if DreamWorks takes the movie and they can make the movie for $30 million, right, or whatever the case might be, and it makes $100 million, oh, boy, we have a bigger return on our investment. You didn't make as much money, but your percent return is even higher. Yeah. And that's one of the things that's what happened with Captain Underpants. They were able to make it for like one-third of the normal price, whatever it cost, and then they still made the same kind of – they made way more percentage-wise. If you could, if you if you said to a company like New Line, hey, you plunk down ten 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 million dollars, and this thing's going to return you thirty to thirty five million, they're going to make that movie all day long, whether it's good, bad, or whatever. Bob Shea yeah. is a businessman. And well, I mean, like, that's you know that 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 is that is why, uh, you know, on Thursday night I was excited to see the trailer for you know Puppet Master Axis Termination, because it doesn't they you know uh, the um, Charles Band and all those other guys from the 80s knew how to make movies cheap but still sell them and turn a profit. And it's like, okay, maybe I'm not making a huge gross, but, you know, my profit is and my return on investment is fantastic. So well, I now have enough money to go make three more movies. That's that's I, the guy who does the Purge movies, basically. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that that's that's yeah. I mean, that there's a reason why low budget cinema works and, and why low budget cinema. And we've again, we've talked about this a lot on here genre movies work on low budgets because they have a built-in audience. They have a pre-sell is what they used to be called back in the video days is that you knew you could sell a guaranteed a certain number of copies to the video stores because the video stores knew they could turn on and rent those copies out because there was always guys coming in saying, Oh, what's the new full moon movie? What's the new empire pictures movie? I'm going to rent that on Friday night and get a case of beer with all my friends. You know, so that, that's we. So for New Line to make this movie and make thirty-five million off of eleven, absolutely, you're going to do that because that's not just made. That's not just in this case. You know, they had a marketing thing; they weren't going to make another nightmare film. But that's not only making the next film in your series. That's financing two, three other movies, 
right there. You know, that that's your uh, the one I this summer we, we've heard about it. Um, you know, uh, that one of the movies coming out is uh, Cars 3 from Disney Pixar. And a lot of the the Disney, the Pixar nerds look down their nose at cars. It's like, excuse me, cars finances everything else yes. Pixar does. And not just yeah. the box office, but all their licensing, all their merchandise. Go into the diecast toy aisle at your local uh, retailer and see how many cars products are staring back at you. And then look at Christmas and how many kids are now playing with Lightning McQueen and Mater. And, and cars is still pretty good uh, compared to your, no- yeah. you know, maybe in the Pixar spectrum, it's not the... The greatest movie, but that's still when you're in the Pixar spectrum, you're still better than most kids' animated mm-hmm. CGI movies. Cars, so, Cars three yeah, is there's really not good. A lot, there's yeah. not I, a lot. I do want to see yeah. Cars three. All, all things, all yeah. things. Oh, that, yeah. that said, I, I still mean, really want to see we, Cars we took three. Haley to see, we took Haley to see Cars three. My daughter is not a. Uh, I mean, she has her Matchboxes and stuff. She likes her Matchbox cars. You know, the, like she likes whatever. But she's not a huge Cars fan. She saw Cars one. She's watched Cars two. But she wasn't like, oh, my God, I love this stuff. We went and saw Cars 3, and car, if, if you like Cars 1, Cars 3 is right up your alley because it's got it's, – it's, it's a lot of racing. There's a lot of racing stuff and, like, things like that, and it's finding yourself. And I tell you, goddamn Pixar fucking always make you cry. Like, Haley's like, why are you getting upset? I'm like, you, I'm like, you don't understand, Haley. Like, this is – he's past his prime. Like, it's, I mean, it's, it's not it's, it's not Toy Story 3. Fucking Toy, Toy Story, Story 3. 3. Should be. You want to murder yourself? I'm oh my god! The <laughs> end yeah, of that Toy movie. Story two and three. Toy, Toy Story so three. Much. Toy Story three had me sitting there with my jaw in my lap, going, yeah. "Are they yeah. really gonna go there?" Because I really believed they made me believe yeah. for a few seconds that they were gonna go there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, you I mean, know, one of the amazing. Toy, things, that's a good kids movie, man. <laughs> the amazing. Well, Toy Story three is not a kids Story movie. Three. Yeah. Well, you know, another crazy thing to me about Toy Story 3 is not only, not only did they make a Lotso Huggin' Bear toy, people <laughs> yes. bought it for their children. We have a I Lotso Huggin' Bear. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, yeah. good. I, really love it. I just want to. It's like buying Chucky for your, it's like buying Chucky for your kids, sort of, except oh, I here. at least Chucky's on the surface. Haley has a Haley has a ch- Haley has the little miniatures of like Freddy Krueger and all stuff. She keeps asking me, "When can I get a Chucky?" She knows what it is. Well, but, I guess maybe when the new movie comes out. We just saw the trailer yeah, for the oh, Cult yeah, of Chucky. Yeah, like, yeah, that's that's like getting your kid the pedo bear doll or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, look, this so bear was aiming at you. Touching bear. That's a different one. <laughs> yeah. So, so what I was saying to, to back Luke's point. Cars 3, my daughter's not a huge Cars fan, whatever. She has a Lightning McQueen that talked and, like, it broke, and now she was like, all right. But she had, like, one, like, she had a Sally. She had nothing major. It was stuff my dad had bought her. After this movie, she's like, Dad, do you think I could get a new Lightning McQueen to look like in this? Because in this movie, like, he has a different look, and then it changes. It's just not major, but it's whatever. And I kind of, and she goes, and I really, I really, she likes Jackson Storm. I really like Jackson Storm. I really like this. I'm like, really? Like, This girl is she's not a, like a Cars fan. Like she's not like she saw it, but she's like I really really like. She's this. not she's not like her cousins. We have all the no, racers no, from the second place, one. And- good lord, can tell me all their names. My, my daughter can tell you a couple of names, but she your 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 boys know all that stuff, which is awesome because their their cousin does not know any of it. But to <laughs> Haley, like she, the other day we went to the store and we and I, mean, I bought her some the other day. Um, and then we got a bunch of the other racers because there's always the racers who are the like the background guys, you know, yeah. who are in the race but they're not the main characters. 
she she's sitting there having a race around the bed and doing all. She's like, this is awesome. I was like, man, look at Disney. Right. They got now. Granted, we we won tickets to go see it. So we didn't pay to see that. But I mean, if we had gone, somebody paid been, for that. Yeah. Right, so, so let's say it's seven fifty seven. So we would have paid what, like twenty two dollars to go to the movies. Right. We just dropped. I mean, I bought her five cars at three dollars fifty cents a piece. You know, like you're Disney's making money hand over fist in these things. They knew what they're doing. And I know people kind of shit on like, well, cars isn't as good as uh, what was it, inside out. Inside out was such a. Inside Out is depressing as hell, right? I loved and Inside Out. I oh, was. Just, I didn't, well, I, well, I'm saying, put this but way. I'm an adult like that. Yeah, yeah. If that was a movie that that like from what you're saying about like what you said about Toy Story three. Both both Inside Out and Toy Story three. I thought I'm like these movies. A kid could watch them and would you know whatever. But like for an adult, that's where all yeah. the resonance of the movie lies. It's right. it's so, so strange. Right. So so we took Haley to Inside Out. She was younger. And that same day, we had watched Des- Despicable Me 2. I don't think you can get two animated movies that are further apart than those two movies. Yes. Right? Despicable Me 2 featuring a lot of minion tushy and stuff. I was going to say, just that Despi- Despicable Me 2 at one point features the 21 fart gun salute. What? Yeah, yes. so it's just yeah, that pretty of, much explains of, everything you need to know. It's right? It's kind of fluffy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, to be honest with you, right, and I was again watching both, and I laughed a lot during Despicable Me 2 because it has a very funny part in DreamWorks knows the audience they're making their movie for. There are parents sitting there. they got to put some stuff in there make them laugh. But Haley has never asked ever to watch Inside Out again. Right. She yep. certainly doesn't want to ever watch Inside Out again. But Despicable Me or Despicable Me 2 or now Despicable Me 3, uh, which we, ha- we haven't seen yet, but she wants to see, she loves those movies, right? Because they're the kind of thing that you could watch and then watch it again and be okay. I mean, Despicable Me 2 – uh, you know, kind of thing was what it is, and then the Mingan movie was just like, hey, here's the, this is straight up everything the kids want in this movie. DreamWorks knew full well what they're doing. They're making the money. Minion movie is like cinematic. It's basically the film is made of sugar, basically. Yeah, right. Well, Despicable Me and Despicable Me Two has story, and there's like adult stuff going on. Mingan movies like strip all of that away. <laughs> Let's just do the Mingan. Like, hey, you got any story here? Check it, buddy. But, I mean, Christ, <laughs> when, at one point, uh, the, the, the minion becomes humongous. I mean, the, the, Haley just was amazed how much tushy. She goes, Daddy, there is so much minion tushy in this movie. And I'm like, well, you, could, oh, it, but it's, well, you know, it's it, no, no, no. It, it's it's like, you know, it used to be the thing in, uh, in National Geographic. It was OK to show breasts as long as they were black. Oh, yes. You know, now it's okay to show Tushy as long as it's bright yellow because it's the minions, you know. <laughs> so I've been working on pieces, right, all summer and whatever, and I've been watching In Search Of, all the In Search Of's, not not just the first one with uh, with the, the special with uh, Rod Serling, but all yeah. the ones with Leonard Nimoy and stuff, and they're made in 1976. And it's funny when they're like, in 20 years, we expect this to happen. I go, 1996? Nobody yeah. didn't happen by then, right? <laughs> But it's so funny because they show these tribes of uh, these native tribes, and I'm and I'm kind of watching and you know painting whatever watching, and every woman has her top off, right? There's just breasts all over the screen. I go, holy crap! This aired on channel two, four, seven, whatever channel this was on, but it was not a problem to show women's breasts because they're a native tribe to Africa. They're, yeah, they're, they're in there. That's how that. Yeah, because that's yeah. how they live. So that that was like, if it, it, it had to be presented, 
but it would have to be presented like you know in search of in a documentary fashion right. like national but geographic but if it was a drama you couldn't they would have bikinis on well, yeah. yeah well if you did that now Oh my God! People lose their shit. I mean, it's like it's bad enough on Facebook. God forbid someone sees a nipple and they have to report you and have things taken down. But I'm like, good lord, dude. Let's like, all post that nipples you know. tomorrow on our Facebook pages. Yes, yep. I my nipple. Yeah, look you at my nip. nipple in fear. So, <laughs> anyway, we are quite far afield here. Yeah. So uh, you remember? You know, you know what? You know what movie's not nearly as good as me too. I was gonna say we're the only <laughs> podcast that would go from from uh. Freddy Krueger movie to a to a evaluation of Pixar. <laughs> but you know what though? Do you know what though? We we did talk about Despicable Me. That I mean that's basically all Freddy Krueger was. He was Gru. You know, Gru was he's a bad guy. He's the worst villain in the world. But he's funny and we laugh at him. Isn't that really kind of what Freddy Krueger was at this point? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, at he's a monster. Point. He's a killer. But man, isn't he fun? Come see his new movie because Freddy's going to say something funny, you know. <laughs> and and when 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 the Freddy pajamas came out, you're like, yeah. uh, he's a child killer that yeah, kills people in Freddy their jump. sleep, in their yeah. sleep. Hey, it's the <laughs> '80s, man. Rambo got a toy, you know. I have the Rambo. I have the Rambo lunchbox. Last the, metal the lunchbox. Toxic alone. Avenger was marketed towards kids in the '80s. Yeah, it, Avenger happened. Yeah, Avenger the also Crusaders. Yeah. Toxic Avenger. And the yeah, Toxic I mean, yeah, I mean, you watch that Toxic Avenger movie, and you know, he's it's got tits, it's got Toxic Avenger humping his blind girlfriend, yeah, Marissa and Tomei in a towel. Old, old ladies getting killed in dryers, yeah. and the first lots first of graphic say, gore hey, killings. The first, the first comic book I ever seriously collected was Marvel's Toxic Avenger. Nice. That's a shoot. <laughs> it's a great, hilarious book too. I might like to point out that. <laughs> uh, I might be the only one who thinks that. Well, well, well I but mean, no, it, you know, it's, it's it was you know, almost like it was almost just, like unfortunately, the, it was almost like they marketed yeah. it was almost like marketing Fritz the Cat, you know, having a Fritz the Cat cartoon <laughs> on Saturday mornings after the movie came out or something. Well, but the Toxic Crusaders was really toned down. I mean, it was it was. Yeah, that's silly. what I mean. That's what I mean. Like no, but I mean, but if cat but, that was. But I don't like, think. But I'm, what I'm saying is, is that you can't. You can take the Toxic Avenger and turn it into a Ninja Turtles clone. I don't think you can take yeah. Fritz the Cat and turn him into a Bugs Bunny <laughs> well, clone. Yeah, I don't think that works. Be, he would just no, be Tom and Jerry. Cat. He would be Felix. Tom and Jerry. Tom Injury, <laughs> as they called him on uh, Tiny Tunes. <laughs> oh, Tiny Tunes. An, an, uh, Animaniacs and Tiny Tunes have finally uh, well, Animaniacs have started making the rounds in the house and Haley now oh, is like I really like Animaniacs and I'm like this is a slippery slope Cal. well you know, I'm saying it's a slippery you know slope always, because once you know what one I always liked in Animaniacs <laughs> was previously on Animaniacs and they show all the scenes that never existed of like them in court yes and then with yes. the submarine, I don't know what's out there, but it's big. And the, you know, yeah. <laughs> and the general just yeah. like, oh my gosh! And then think the panel blows up in his face. <laughs> but I'm saying slippery slope with those because she starts with those things, and it's funny because as she watches, like like I said, she, Haley watched this with me. She was watching. Uh, she she was downstairs, and I had it on. She missed the beginning, but let's face it, you didn't have to. You kind of could thumb stuff in this movie and totally get it because there's not any story that makes sense. Um, she she's watching this, but I mean she well, she watches a lot of stuff. Me, she watches me. She watch, uh, she watches like you know movie like Hammer movies with me. She watches newer stuff. She watches whatever. But to her, she's looking at it like okay, you know like she she has questions about this because she just doesn't things like this just don't make sense. Like the, that and, does and not Freddy's make dead. sense. 
Right. But, like, <laughs> things in Animaniacs don't make sense, but she's accepting of that because, while well, it's Animaniacs and they're being silly and funny and whatever, but she then says, like, but, Daddy, this movie doesn't make sense, and it's a movie. See, that's, that's I think, sometimes we kind of lose sight of. It's a movie. It's not a cartoon that's supposed to be crazy and silly, but this movie is so much a cartoon yeah. that... I think we just kind of, Chris said it before, he goes, well, I just I just stopped, you know, caring about, you know, like that this doesn't make sense and why would Freddy's kid not be this old? That's the problem, is that One this movie... One scene with, it, like, cartoon sound effects would have been appropriate for a cartoon yeah. death in it, but it, they just, like, after, like, much. halfway through the movie, they were all, the, all over the place, and it's like, how are we supposed to get scared here when it's, you know, when right. everything's making a cartoon noise, you know? Yeah. Yeah, now, like you know, I, I will say one 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 t- uh, thing I thought of while watching this to make the film a little more tolerable is if you Im- imagine that Breckin Meyer is in fact playing the same character he played in Clueless. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like he basically is the same guy, right? So you know, it's, it could be it, right? But you know, they, that that you really depends on your you level of tolerance. Do, well, it depends on your level of tolerance for Clueless, I think, more than anything else. <laughs> when a movie gets this bad, I usually do the same thing as public speaking and just picture everybody naked. Maybe it'll get better. Uh, as far as well, it didn't, it didn't. No. I don't know. I wouldn't mind seeing Billy, a, Billy Zane's youngest youngest sister. Uh, well, I thought you okay, were sure you were going with that there, hero. Well, I, here, or Billy here, Zane for that matter. Here's one of the things I don't get. Oh, he's man. I don't mind saying. Think, think about this, right now, and I, and I know nightmare movies are not body count movies. And there's only four deaths in this movie, which is kind of no more funny. than three than the last movie. Yeah, well, no, exactly the same. There's four deaths. I think exactly the same thing, right? Yeah. But anyway, the whole point is this, right? Um, why? How does? How does? Les, how does Tracy? Or why does Tracy survive this movie? She should. She shouldn't have survived. She should have died. Okay. Your fat Kodo's character does not need to survive in this movie, right? I mean, at the end, no, it really not just Kodo, sure man. he was well, gonna get get yeah, it. Yeah, that's no, what I'm saying. Was... Like, too many people live at the end of this movie. Yeah, way too many. <laughs> yeah, Kodo has no arc. He has. There's yes, no. no he convinc- there's no, no well, convincing it's... him. He's right, like, as soon as they're like, I'm having these weird dreams. It's an evil dream spirit, and we must, you know, this is how you, you know. He's, he's in from Jump Street, man. He's like, I'm in. No, no, the effect, effect Koto's in this because you need the Mystic Negro. I mean, that that's the, I mean, as 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 much as, no, I'm not, it's I don't know. Really that, that's the role he's playing. He has that, it's very hard to be the Mystic Negro when you look like half bad Albert with a Bill Cosby sweater I'm, on. But he, that that is the role he's playing, though. I mean, he's the the wise African American guy that knows all the scores and, t- and instructs all the incredibly white people on how the the you know, the, the, the mystical aspect of this story works. That's I mean, what yeah, yeah, that's 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 so, how so it's supposed that's how it's supposed to be. But it comes off as he's just sort of like this guy, yeah, excitable yeah. guy that's like hanging out there, and he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting yeah. for this. I've been waiting yeah. for you like, know a dream, dream demon. I've it's like it's gonna happen all along, right? Like, like, yeah. This guy's like, look, I'm gonna work in in the uh, in this this uh, this rehabilitation center because these kids are gonna have some messed up dreams, and this is where I can push my agenda. You know, it's like also it's not rehabilitation that. center, but they must have a metal shop there. That's all I'm th- saying. 
Well, you know, he that, bought the, the he had that statue with all the dream demons. I was like, man, someday this is gonna come real in handy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I bought this at a garage sale, and I tell you, that's a different show, though. Sorry. Uh, so. <laughs> Boy, I tell you yeah, he was he was like if if like there been a little higher writing quality he was like a character from like an exorcist sequel or something yeah you know he would have made more sense than that <laughs> the power of christ compels you yeah sorry yeah. <laughs> uh anyway I mean, another, another film you... better than than this would be you know most of the exorcist sequel, except two but not two not two, <laughs> no, two is God. Well, you know what's crazy is is they on, 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 drugs, on HBO why. stuff. <laughs> no, well, no, I don't think drugs yeah. even help that movie. But they uh, show, yeah, they do. The, they, they show this <laughs> They help that a lot, man. <laughs> I'm so telling the, you, man. Two, you you ain't you ain't had vision till you have had locust vision. Whoa. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And I'm down. <laughs> to Blair in almost any kind of context. <laughs> so if you think about the, the Exorcist movies they made where they reshot them when... Um, Dominion. Oh, uh, Dominion, yeah. Dominion, and then what was the other one called? The other one's called Exorcist... Exorcist 4, isn't it? Uh, or 4? Yeah, but but no, it's, not think... called, it's not called 4. It's called the prequel. It's, it's the begin- Exorcist beginning, and then the Dominion. Dominion yeah. yeah, right. They're both the same movie, just recut and reshot things and whatever. They, they, and the problem is like HBO and them, they'll show those movies back to back. Well, because like, I hear they're both pretty good in their own way. They're both, they're both yeah. different. Yeah. And they're not, they're not bad. I'm saying, but they're both different. But when you show them back to back, you know, someone's like, "What the hell did I just watch?" The next movie starts. Is they should? This is different, but the same. Like you know, there's people are so you know kind of thing. So what was I, I, oh what what actor was it? He, I saw him on uh, back when um, um, oh shit when uh, oh boy, I'm crap I'm crap I'm blanking on his name the the when Colin Ferguson was still hosting Craig Ferguson when Craig Ferguson was hosting the Late Late Show I forget right. the actor who was on and he told a story like that 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 he had he was talking to, to Craig about how he had he had stopped uh, doing drugs that he had done a lot of drugs when he was younger. And he told a story about when he was a young man and he was watching this movie on HBO and he said he knew everything that was going to happen in the movie. And he's like, oh man, they may, you know, I, I'm, I'm having some kind of like weird connection with this. I know everything that's going to happen. And then he woke up the next day and he realized he looked at the TV guy that he had watched the movie on well on something and not realize it and then woken up and the movie was on again oh god <laughs> so he was like remembering he's like oh i remember what's gonna happen i've seen it already <laughs> see that that seems crazy can you imagine doing that and watching freddy's dead like i know everything's gonna happen and i'm still and not still excited sucks, about it and i'm still <laughs> watching it and i'm still watching it Somebody should. Just, I mean, if you really want to get psycho about it, just loop all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies and play them on a TV as you sleep every night oh, till you don't know whether you're awake or dreaming. That's screwed up, man. Oh, yeah. oh the other the other thing you, it, the other thing this movie does wrong. Don't show all your greatest hits during the credits right after the shit that you just put out. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It's a, no, you that, know, just, that, that, that's a just last might as well go for thing. broke and show the bloopers. No, but, no, but yeah, that, that would have been better. Benny yeah. Hill music playing. 
Yeah. I mean, the thing is, but being the last film, and they really thought it was the last film, we're going to show you all the best of the Nightmare series right in the credits. So you can, you know, I mean. It's like a Jackie well, you know, Chan movie and show where he, he nicks her, her skull. Well, you know, also, they want you to leave the theater happy, you know. You've just watched Freddy's Dead. It's like, remember those other Nightmare movies? Those were pretty good. We should go watch those instead, now that we're on our way home. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, everybody was marching drunkenly out of the theater. By the that was, that was a, in my high school, when a new Nightmare Elm Street movie came out, half of our high school would, you know, fill up their hip flask and head in on, on dates. I remember, that just makes me think, remember, Jay, when we saw a Scream at the oh JV my God, Hall? Yeah. Oh, shit, I dropped my beer. <laughs> Should I drop my beer? You're smashed. Oh, should I drop my beer? I'm like, fuckers. There was less stuff to do in those days. They all saw Nightmare One, like, with their girlfriends, and it actually probably got them a little bit of, uh, you know, snuggly, snuggliness. And then after that, it was just the thing you do, New Nightmare on Elm Street. And, you know, and I, and, and from what my friend Tom, who was a loyal Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, it went from scary to just sort of a group experience of people like getting drunk and yelling and screaming when Freddie would do something gross. But after a while, yeah, he could get it's gross. Yeah, I, I think I think we've kind of talked this film to death. There's not a whole lot yes. here, unfortunately. Yes. So, like we, like uh, Chris has referred several times, up next in the Nightmare series, if you're unfamiliar with it, is a, you know a, a little change of pace. You know what he was planning for next week's game is a change of pace, a luau, a Hawaiian luau. <laughs> they don't play poker don't like play... the roast pork, fried rice. They don't play poker like that in Honolulu. But uh, I know it's not not the odd couple, as awesome as that would be. No, it's going to be talking about Wes Craven's New Nightmare, which was uh, a hard, hard turn away from the previous plots of the series. <laughs> oh, yeah. and, I, and I'm not saying that in a mean way. It really is. This is it, it is part of it's that, you know, most film series have that one film that's kind of weird and doesn't really fit in. This is that film, except it's also yeah. really, really good. Yeah, so, I can't wait. Yeah. yeah. It made no money, but it was really, yeah, really good. I don't care. That's yeah, the, that's I remember the swan that. It just sort of came and went. Yeah. <laughs> well, so. I, I'm looking forward to talking about it too. Yep, yep. I am as well. Been been been, a, been at least since I was in college, since I've had a chance to really sit down with it. So, but uh, I don't know. This Anyone have any? Forward to watching it and talking about it. This one yeah. I was looking forward to talking about. <laughs> does, I, does any? I was have I any... was actually looking forward to seeing it too, and then I saw it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, this was interesting to me just to rewatch it because it had been a number of years since I. All right, Let, here, this was one that after after its run on HBO was never on TV. So here's nah, the it's big, been a while since here's the big question though: Would you rather watch this one again or Part Five again? Yeah, see, I almost would go with this one because this one has more stuff in it to me that's interesting. Yes. Even if it's not well done, there's more interesting stuff in this, and there's more little Easter eggs references or something in it, you know, yeah. that you might have missed, or you know, there's probably some extra Twilight Zone lines thrown in there that we didn't pick up on. Yeah. Whereas five, you pretty much get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, five kind of is what it is. Yeah. But I know that's not real a glowing endorsement, but hey, you already listened to the show if you're at this point. So hey, thanks for the download, right? So am I right, guys? Yeah. Am I right? Am and again, right? you can purchase uh, well, all these films through the, the link to Amazon through the website. Yes, and I do recommend what? that. 
You should do that. And, and, uh, yeah. No, no. The thing is this: is that um, Luke and I, uh, when I bought the the box set, the uh, the red, the red covers when they first came out, and it was in that big box set, and that's on DVD. Um, but if you're looking to pick this up, for, again, the Nightmare series originally was um, uh, exclu- the Nightmare on Blu-ray uh, was exclusive to Best Buy, and that was part of the problem. Now. Um, it's it's you can get it anywhere. The Blu-ray set, the Nightmare on Elm Street uh, collection, it's the Blu-ray set. It's got all of them. It's uh, like 35 new. You probably can get it for like 22 bucks um, on Blu-ray. But uh, I know at Walmart they had um, and Luke, you can help me out. I think it's yep. one, two, three, and four, and then the all of them. That's usually like the 750 yeah, bin, have, right? Or the yeah, they have, they have, well, they have both the four packs in the and usually in the 750 to not to ten dollar uh, price range, and then they also have the the double features, which is what I have. I have most of them on double features, so th- those are usually about five bucks. You can find them at Walmart. So, yeah, the, you, the movies I'm are sure. out there. I mean, you know, they they, they were they, there's a reason these movies were popular and made money. And as as you know, as, as kind of low rent as this movie is it was an enjoyable evening watching a movie and you know eating With, snacks when they're when they're five soda, bucks for you know? a pair of them people are gonna be like yeah i'll go i'll i'll, I'll go all six i'll watch all six yeah. you know yeah I, I would like i said as, as 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 i mean am i gonna throw this in again no but it was fun re-watching it for the first time in 15 years i said with this a, a with fun a, watch with a bunch of people in your living yeah, room with it's a, a party with a, movie for sure scary, it, is, yeah. it is kind of a, if you are going to marathon them all with people that have never seen them it is kind of uh well what a way to go out yeah <laughs> and then you get to drop new nightmare on them yeah yeah well yeah and, on that, and also in, in honor of new nightmare our next episode will be in a in a in a more meta format it will be presented only as a dream whoa yeah. <laughs> no, it'll it'll be meta. See, instead of being Luke, I'm gonna be Luke. Okay. See, it's not Luke. It's gonna be Luke. You see. It's just gonna be us coming in, and we're gonna keep a dream journal from the side. We're just gonna talk about our dreams. <laughs> They're all gonna be, and we're gonna like put Walkmen on at night that just that just like play interviews with Wes Craven, so we can have interviews with Wes Craven in our dreams and bring him to the, bring him to the podcast that, or we're actually going to do it in real time. So well, as you you're listening people, to you ever heard of people be, who do channeling, that's funny that you mentioned that because <laughs> a lot of people don't know. Most people don't know. I don't talk about it in the podcast, but you, you, you've heard people who are channelers and you know, they'll go, oh, uh, I am Rasputin. Yeah. yeah. The mad I, monk. I, I, Free Rasputin I, beards. A lot of people have heard of channeling. I do funneling. Oh, and maybe, <laughs> oh boy. And, and and I only funnel people that are alive, so maybe I can funnel Wes Craven. Oh I bet you do funnel people that are still alive. You yeah, uh, Wes Craven's not alive, dude. Yeah, Wes <laughs> Craven's dead, buddy.
If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2TrueFreaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the 2TrueFreaks at the same time. Visit our website at 2TrueFreaks.com. 2TrueFreaks is always spelled T-W-O. T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S You can email 2TrueFreaks directly at 2TrueFreaks at gmail.com 2TrueFreaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of... Two True Freaks. And this is your Uncle Don saying good night. Good night, little kids. Good night. We're off. Good. Well, that ought to hold the little bastards.